We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Thursday morning edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here. Uh, we're going to do some picks today. It does feel like football season. Neil's pick up. Neil's picks up on the site at rebelgrove.com. Got a couple SEC games tonight that are not Vanderbilt. And we're going to welcome Jeffrey Wright to the show on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline here in, uh, in, in just a couple minutes, actually, to uh, to kick off the top of the program. So there's a little crispness in the air. It is a little cooler this morning. Football season here. Uh, it's high of 91. The, uh, do what? It's high of 91. Not right now, though. It's, it's crisp this morning. That is, is it, true. The, the humidity is down. That is true. Almost North Face weather. I mean, we're right there, almost to it this morning here on this uh, on this beautiful Thursday. Yeah, Neil's picks is up. We're uh, we're all good. So, gonna get uh, gonna get Jeffrey up in a second. But we did I tell you about the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. You know about the lunch specials, any size fountain drink that you would uh, prefer with that. Also. Um, Sorry, bread and uh, and more there. I'm getting kind of distracted. We're all a little uh, flustered doing 10 things at once right now, but that's okay. Uh, meatloaf is your lunch special today at the Oxford Exxon. It's the Thursday special is the meatloaf. So, um, yeah, head on over. If you're coming to town this weekend, fill up Exxon Mobile app and more. And, again, come to you from Clark Ford Studio. Uh, we are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for uh, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will love the service. You'll love the product. Corey wants to be your car guy, wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Taylor Zarzer and some of you, perhaps, will join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline over the course of the day. Uh, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. If you're coming up this weekend, make it a part of your weekend. Hop in, have a beer, have a cocktail, grab a burger, whatever the case may be. Po' boys, appetizers. Just stop in. Enjoy uh, enjoy a uh, moment in uh, Rafters. And also there's Rafters in New Albany. Huge day at WMPW Digital today. 
got a if you're just looking to hang in the stream um won't be continuous but it'll be close to it well this show and then uh sometime this afternoon uh that's at two uh, mccrady and siski powered by rain total body fuel we will uh we will convene for episode i guess it's 13 for us and then um We'll have uh, Pete's Pigskin Preview. Pete Deweese and I recorded last night. That should be going up. I think the plan is around four. Uh, it's about an hour this week. And uh, and then the Butcher versus the Spin Instructor, a little, a little after that, with uh, Greg Jones of LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford, and uh, Campbell McCrady. They make their picks for the first time this year. And then uh, Chase and I will be back right. this evening for... Hand-raised guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, Taylor Zarzer of uh, ESPN, SEC Network, and uh, the PGA, Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio will uh, will join for uh, about 45 minutes, and then we'll take your calls on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. So a big day. Yeah, and a big day in college football, some rule changes, some different things yesterday, as well as Nils Pick. So playoffs. And playoffs. Playoffs. Yes, playoffs. Big 12 open to the idea of, you know what, this isn't working. Yeah, so we'll get Jeffrey on the horn. Okay, is that right? Yeah, he had a he had a restart. Oh, uh, okay. Thing. I, I think, but I, I was I was hustling to him. So. No, I think we're good. Uh, okay. Let me ask. I'll ask him. Yeah, the twelve team playoff sounds like it could happen. Now it's got to be a unanimous vote, which but, is always a little. But it sounds like the ACC is going. Look, whatever we got to do to get more money, we'll do it. At this point, we're, we we realize we're screwed. Um, we're screwed anyway. And the Big Ten's like, you know what? We're, we're, we're good. Okay, y'all want to do this for two years on ESPN? That's fine. That's whatever. It's fine. Whatever. Whatever we need to do. And Notre Dame's going, I never thought this deal with Greg Sankey would be as uh, <laughs> as, as good as it is, but I was starting to like this guy. It's, like it's kind of ironic that, you know, it's basically Notre Dame is a de facto SEC member to keep them from being a Big Ten member. Yeah. An, I, an SEC member with no obligations. Yeah. And, uh, hey, if you guys are any good, we'll put you in the playoff. Yeah, and sure. um, that's it. Just stay out of the Big Twelve. I mean, out of the Big Ten. Cool. That's it. And the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. Meanwhile, is looking at it and going, "Yeah, you know, it sounded good on paper. The divorce, and and stay in the same house while we get the kids out, and we'll still date other people." And it, it turns out it doesn't work. Turns out that's awkward. Those open Thursdays were a little more strange than we thought they might be. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. Know, just, that was date night. Just. It, 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 everybody wants out. They yeah. want, and the truth is, they want them. Here's what's interesting: is I think Texas and Oklahoma are the ones that right now, outside of the money, they want the money. Mm-hmm. But outside of the money, they're like, "Are we ready for this?" Because I don't know that we're ready for this. Like, I, I don't know that we're ready for this. Like, this is this is a different beast. Yeah. Not just in football, but in everything. Like, you can dominate some sports like they have. Because there's just not as much competition. When this deal, everybody's competition. Well, and just care. I don't care. I gotta gotta care. Yeah, because it's gotta be consuming. You'll hear Taylor and I talk about it. I mean, I'll give this away. North Carolina is in limbo a little bit. They've got time, and they can do what they want. And they have tons of money at, at North Carolina. But academically, they're like, we would love to join the Big Ten. That's what we want. And athletically, and I had heard this, and I ran it by Taylor, and he told me I was right. Athletically, you'll like this, being a college baseball person. Mm-hmm. When North Carolina played host to Arkansas in the NCAA Super Regional in yeah. Chapel Hill, and yeah. Arkansas brought more people than they could fit in the stadium, 
they looked around at each other and said, what are we doing? This is what we need to be doing. Because if this is what will happen for a baseball game, right? what will Tennessee bring here for football? Mm-hmm. Florida, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, more than Boston College and Wake could do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean just what are we it's like what are we doing? I mean, we're sitting here staring at an opportunity to be relevant in the sport that matters. And like Taylor said, I don't want to steal too much thunder from it. Even at North Carolina, they're realizing that college basketball is becoming a fringe sport. College football's so big and the NFL is so big that everything else is fringe that owns a piece of the calendar. Football has become a black hole that sucks air out of everything else. That if you are not good in football, then you are not relevant. The truth is college basketball is only truly relevant from about the middle of February, and that's pushing it, through March, through that Monday of the championship game. College baseball's a a May to June sport. I'm not picking on anybody. This is what it is. And the other stuff is just like only for niche, true niche. So you're only mainstream for six weeks. Yeah. Duke and Kansas sort of kind of pull it off in basketball, sort of. And kinda, that's it. Not really. Yeah. Just not really. They really Again, don't. in March. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're really super relevant in, in March when everybody's watching the ACC tournament. Yeah. Or the bubble watch or whatever. That's it. And then the NCAA tournament, everybody watches the tournament. It's three weeks. It's three weeks, though. That's all it is. It's three weeks. So you have four weeks of postseason, and that's it. Nobody else really cares about the other part. Football, on the other hand, is constant. All right, I'm going to get Jeffrey on. Thanks to everyone for your uh, patience. We had a little snafu on our end. He had to restart some stuff on his end, so we're a little late, but no big deal. It's cool. Jeffrey Wright of 92.9 ESPN in Memphis. Jeffrey, how are you? Uh, are we, do we want to do this on Skype? Uh, this is Skype, yes. Yeah, what you said, right? You called my phone. It said you were a spam risk. Oh, yeah. I need to probably start telling people that. Yeah, I'm calling you from Skype by phone, but I'm not a spam risk, although I, I am concerned about your He used Skype to call your phone instead of calling your Skype account. Hang on, hang on. Let me do this. He's calling you back from his Skype account. He thought you were literally Skyping him, not calling him from oh, Skype. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what happened. Well, I can there. I can do that too. Well, I think he's just going to call you. Okay, that's what I assumed there when he hung up. It's the first Thursday. You know, a little confused. It's kinks. Okay. It's kinks to work out. There was not a run of this. No dress rehearsal. Uh, yeah, everyone, please hit the like button if you haven't. Uh, we'd love for you to hit the like button. Love for you to subscribe. Uh, yes, I did listen to all of the Aaron Rodgers um, show on Joe Rogan, Navarro. It was pretty fascinating stuff, almost all of it. Uh, I, I rarely make it through all three hours of Rogan, but I did this time. Hello, sorry about that. There we go, that's better. Much better, sorry about that, my apologies. No, no worries at all. I just, my... AT&T, it's been a morning, boys, you know. Yeah. It's one of those situations where the computer, because you all still use Skype, you're like the last, you know, your last frontier. I respect it. <laughs> my Skype is connected to my AOL email, 
I had no idea what my AOL email was. Ooh. So yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I did a show yesterday with JG Tate on um, Grace by the South, but we did it on Riverside, which is kind of a radio thing. I think. You ever used it? I've not used that one. There's now. I feel like with everyone launching podcasts, there's like a new app that I discover every single day, and I just don't have enough bandwidth to remember them all. Yeah. We'll have to catch up on that. At some point, I've got to figure out. I've got to figure out the right software for taking calls, um, maybe even possibly screening calls, that kind of thing. And I don't, I don't know what that is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've advanced quite a bit technologically in the last two and a half years, but I'm still working on it. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it, my, my wife still uses an AOL email account and I'm just like, what are you doing? It, it, really? She's got a Gmail, but she's got, everything's on AOL and she says the process of moving it to Gmail would just be too much. And I'm like, but it wouldn't. And once yeah, you did, you'd be so much happier. AOL is like when I sign in, it's like 1000 of your passwords are compromised. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, uh, yeah, I mean. You want to steal my identity? Go for go it. Like, for I, you know what I mean. M- yeah. Most people hate me, so enjoy. That's <laughs> me. I'm like, you don't want to be me. You you might think you want to be me. I, I think if they stole my identity, like a week later, they'd give it back. Yeah, at least with your identity, there's a chance of a little bit of money. Like, yeah, you're, you're not really <laughs> stealing anything from me. Um, we'll get to picks in a second. I do want to get just kind of your quick thoughts on what was a busy day in, in college football yesterday. Could be the beginning of a busy week. All the commissioners are going to meet on Friday. If they vote unanimously, they're going to um, expedite the 12-team, it sounds like, playoff. Although I was reading Ross Dellinger's story uh, this morning in USA Today, and Ross was talking about there is growing sentiment towards a 16-team playoff because it's just easier. But um, he says nothing is done until it's done. There's no guarantee that a unanimous vote would mean expanding before the contract ends. But you throw that in with the... Also, the Big 12 kind of reopening their their rights negotiations, which actually creates a window if Texas and Oklahoma want to do it to exit early. Okay, so a couple of things there. Uh, I'll start with the last thing. So the Big 12 did not technically open their negotiating window. They just are have begun talks. So it's important to note that because there's not – so like when the Pac-12 opened their negotiating window – it meant that they had that 30 days and like it, it's kind of a legal thing. So this buys the big 12 more time and it allows that I presume what it's allowing for is the talks to be more informal. So that the big 12 can get their number and then they can go shop their number with the schools that they would like to add, which I presume are Arizona, Arizona state and whoever else in the pac 12, Colorado is. and Utah. Yeah. It's those yeah, four. Colorado. So that that allows them to shop that number, I think, without it. I think it gives them a little bit more cover. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm not I'm not I'm not doubting Ross's reporting. Ross's reporting, though, sounds very much like the Big Ten talking because Kevin Warren was the one that when he was asked about playoff expansion, he was the one that was said. Don't sleep on the 16. You know, you can't you can't ignore the conversation about the 16 team playoff. What conversation? Like you just literally just spoke that into existence. And I guess that that is where it's going, because in the end, the 16 team playoff 
makes it easier for Fox and ESPN to just divide it up and then rotate the title game. Yep. You know, year, each year. Yep. But does I don't know how does how does a sixteen team playoff make it any more easier than a twelve team playoff? You know what I mean? Like I, the I love when it gives you it gives you more games. Like, it's more games, more money, and it lets you play eight games on campus, which is what they want. Yes. They want eight on campus games um, over the course of a weekend, um, and then you'd get the top eight, and everybody goes, "Oh, it's going to be watered down games." So what? So, I mean, do you watch the NCAA basketball tournament? A lot of those games are watered down. Um, you get one through 16, then you get the top eight, and you can, at that point, you're down to four games. You can play. We've talked about this back when you were with us on the show every day. We would talk about this. They're going to ultimately have that day that they've always kind of wanted, that the TV people desperately want. Four games, same day, over the course of a day. Four, I guess that would be what, quarterfinal games, and then you'd have two semifinals like you have now, and then you'd have a final. The players are getting paid now. That argument's out the window. Everyone knows that the players are going to want to to get a big piece or at least a substantial piece. I'm struggling to talk, which is not a good sign today. A substantial piece of the um, TV revenues that are about to come in when these new deals go into place. So that argument's out the window. Um 16 teams make the playoffs, which means 16 coaches get to say, hey, we made the playoffs. Um, it, it's, it's where it's going. And, and the, the bowls, people say, what happened to the bowls? Well, they'll, they'll utilize some of the bowls. And then the other bowls are going to be what the other bowls already are, which is it's just you go play the game. ESPN puts it on TV, and, and we watch it because it's college football. But it, the Outback Bowl didn't matter two years ago when Ole Miss won it. It didn't matter last year when Arkansas won it. And it won't matter this year when whoever wins it. Yeah, I mean – you know, I think you can say the same thing, you know, the Sugar Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about one of the most historic yeah. games in, in all of the sport. And it's just kind of another game. I mean, hell, on the broadcast, you had Greg McElroy saying, you know, for a team like Alabama being here, it wouldn't mean anything. But, you know, for these two teams, well, what an honor. Yeah, what a and, <laughs> Well, like, that's like an incredibly douchey thing to do. At the same time, like, there is the reality of, you know, in terms of telling the story of the sport for last year, that game didn't really matter. It was something that happened. You know, it was, it's, it was great for, for Baylor as an achievement, and it was mm-hmm. great for the fan bases. But in terms of, like, the actual impact on the story of the sport, it had nothing to do with it. And this is, yet again, this is kind of my biggest complaint about everything that's happening now. Am I still going to watch on Saturday? You bet your sweet ass I am. I am so fired up for this weekend that I can't put it into words. I get it. Because even more so than last year, it really feels like to me that it's different this year. Everyone is like really fired up and ready for football, and I love football. So I'm, I'm fired up for that. But the more that we've tried to turn this into a television sport that's being run by television executives the more it's being run by people that don't understand college football. And, you know, I do, I, I'm in the end, like, I don't think the playoff has been good for good for the sport in the sense that it has led to where we are. And it has changed the entire conversation to playoff, 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 when it's been a sport that's about more than that. And this is just more of, of where we're headed. And that's fine, so be it. But I think where it's headed for me is, I care on game day 
And after that, I'm kind of meh on the sport. You know, it's funny how he has become the the spokesperson for for the sane, realistic, objective college football guy is beyond me, but Lane Kiffin has done it. And when Lane Kiffin consistently says, look, it's professional sports now. The players get paid. It's professional sports. Well, if you watch any professional sport, as you know, if you watch the NBA, for example, um, the whole season is about getting to the playoffs. If you watch the NFL, the whole season for most teams is about getting to the playoffs. Major League Baseball now with expanded playoffs, it's all about getting into the playoffs. You know, the, the National League Central race between the Cardinals and the Brewers is not as exciting as it would otherwise be if only one got in. I mean, if now, now one's going to get in and the other's probably going to get a, a, a wild card bid. It really won't matter that much. Um, it makes sense that if college football is going to become professional sports, that it's going to become all about the playoffs and that it's going to change the way in some ways good and in some ways bad, the way that we watch the season and the way that we watch the season unfold and the way that we watch November, there's a real chance that in future years, the Iron Bowl, for example, which usually is this big bragging rights game, if both teams are really good, it's just a game. It's not even the most important game because there's a decent chance they're going to play each other in three weeks in a game that will matter. Does anyone at LSU in 2011, is there anyone that would trade winning the title game for that 9-6 to six greatest game we've ever seen play hell no you know what i mean that's exactly right and and you know what that's a great example because you remember that game that's a great example jeffrey because that was the day that i was in lexington yeah and we were all going to watch that game it was the greatest game ever played blah 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 and it became i I knew that night i had sourcing that houston was out he was not they were going to announce the firing as early as sunday but probably monday and we were we were scrambling and Yet, you're right, that was a game that was hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped. And if in, if we go to a 16-team playoff, you know, we'll still look to that game, but that game will be about seeding. It, it won't be hyped because you'll look at it and go, both of these teams are going to be in the 16-team playoff. There's a decent chance they play each other again. And this is kind of you know, the bottom line of my frustration. And again, I, I stress I'm part of the problem. I'm someone that's frustrated, yet... Here I am watching. Yeah, you're not going to miss matters. a down. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to. I'm. I listen. We had a TV one disaster last week. <laughs> we've got TV one remedied. We're good. We're ready to go. Like we've got all four TVs fired up. Like I'm fired up for Saturday. I, I, I'm. I, I'm part of the problem. I'm not the solution. I'm still going to watch because in the end, all this is driven by is. TV executives going. They're going to watch. It doesn't really matter. Like we just have to put games on. That they that they want to see, they're going to watch. Like dance puppets, dance, and that's what we're doing. But the more and more that you turn it into a postseason sport, the more and more you kind of change the heart of the sport. And it was in my mind, it's the only, it's really the only sport, at least mass sport, that is still a regular season sport, and it's it's we're quickly heading to where that is not the case. But is it changing for anybody outside of those teams like Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State? Because it still is a regular season sport for the teams on the fringes because the goal is getting in, not winning. It's just getting in. So the regular season matters maybe more than ever. And anybody outside of the top 20 
it's frankly what's going to save college football with NIL if it doesn't get reprim- you know get pulled back or repealed to any extent whatsoever. Is that there is still this thing of this is my expectation, not a national expectation. And it's six and six. It's see, seven this and five. Is, this it's is what, what every school makes that. it. Whatever. I, I'd push back on this. Yeah, if you're Ole Miss, it, it's kind of the same. If you're Minnesota, it's kind of the same. But look at what we started the conversation talking with. Does the Big 12 feel like this is the same sport? Does the Pac-12 feel like this is the same sport? What about the ACC? You're next. Whether or not you want to admit it, you're next. Yeah, for so sure. Is it going to feel like the same sport to them? In some ways, in, the, in some in ways, it will, though, ACC, right? The SEC, yes, it, it, it's going to kind of resemble the same sport. But if you're outside of that, nope. I guess my point is like Arizona State wasn't getting in the damn playoff either way. But hold so on, like here's, seven and five to them, seven and five. Here's my point though: is it, it actually does make the like the Big Twelve regular season super important because it's re- realistically they're only going to get one team in, and so whoever wins it. Right, but my point is part of the regular season has been playing the teams that you've played that you have history with. Sure. Yeah. That you have sure. fan bases with. Sure. What we're doing is we're saying history doesn't matter. We're saying geography doesn't matter. We're saying rivalries don't matter. What matters is do you have do you have a brand and if we put you on TV are people going to watch? And maybe that's where inevitably that this was headed because I think the complicating factor is that we reached a point where television executives got to a place in time where the only the only uh, inventory for them that they can make money on is live sports. And all of a sudden, the cash grab from live sports accelerated at a pace. And now you have people that they've never watched. Like, they didn't grow up understanding college football. They're just television executives. And their job is to make money and make profit. And this is a way to make profit. But they don't get it. Like, they're just trying... What they get is, oh, yeah, I grew up watching the NFL, so let's make it like that. And that, to me, is the bummer. Yeah, and, and that's fair. Um, well, even the SEC are going to have that a little bit. I mean, it's not to the same degree, but under the scheduling format that's going to happen, Ole Miss and Arkansas are not going to play every season. Well, I mean, I mean you're going to have a I lot of those kind of deals where they're not going to happen. On, the other thing that I would push back on is, all right, if we're headed to where – you know, I took Brian Kelly's comments at SEC Media Day. Uh, I, I I took note of them because I thought I thought he actually gave good answers. And he said, you know, let's break it down. This is where we're headed. There's going to be 50 to 60 teams that play at the highest level. It's going to be incredibly expensive. And my deal is, you know, if if you don't have the built-in schedule wins, Chase, what if what if instead of seven and five being a good year for, you know, school X, what if it's three and nine? You're not getting, I don't think they're going to end up, you know, I I don't think they're going to play outside of this league at all. I mean, I guess, I mean, we're losing technically one game, right? To the current model. You're losing one game, but I mean, are you going to get, are you going to, you know, maybe you get your FCS game. You know, as the you know for the the ecosystem of the sport, but are you telling me that Ole Miss and the SEC like the, you telling me ESPN wants to see more SEC 
Sunbelt SEC CUSA games? Like, no, they want to see more of play sure. play the the 60 teams that we give you. Oh, if you completely give TV their their rights on that, yeah, they'll cannibalize you. Do so nothing but right that. Right now I'm watching right now I'm watching people that are completely bending over backwards to give TV what they want. What what tells you that that's going to stop? It's not going to stop. They're going to give them exactly what they want. And and uh Taylor and I talked about this yesterday. Taylor's obviously with ESPN. He lives in North Carolina. He he's pretty aware of what's happening, I think, and uh, there's no question where this is going. It's it's the TV people are, are starting to say, okay, look, we're buying the Mercedes. We're going to damn drive a Mercedes. Not driving a Honda Civic. We're going to drive a Mercedes. That's what we're going to drive. And they've paid for it, and they're going to dictate what their inventory is. Period. Yeah, I listened to, I listened to an interview. I think Cowherd did it with Joel Klatt. And the reason, before everyone tunes out when I say Cowherd, the reason why I was listening is, Cowherd was giving the Fox talking points. Yes. And that's why I listened. Mm -hmm. And here were the talking points. College football has a game problem. They don't have enough good games. They don't have enough. (laughs) They need more. They need more games. And what they're paying for is USC Notre Dame. What they're paying for is Alabama Florida. What they're paying for are these big, big games. And they're not paying for, with all due respect, Ole Miss and Troy, or Ole Miss and Auburn and Arkansas. Auburn and Mercer. I mean, look at the games Correct. this week. I mean, the games this week are that that the the ESPN. If they're being honest, they have no interest in them other than their opening games, so people will watch because they're openers supposedly. Do you really want Ball State, Tennessee? Is that moving the needle anywhere? Louisiana Tech, Missouri. Is that moving the TV needle? No. Sam Houston, Texas A and M. Nope. Troy at Ole Miss. Nope. Um, Miami of Ohio at Kentucky, not really. Mercer at Alabama, none whatsoever. Elon at Vanderbilt, no. Utah State at Alabama, no. Memphis, Mississippi State's fine. Georgia State, South Carolina, maybe a little bit. That's about it. I mean, but you, what games? What games is ESPN getting with the SEC this week that they can go? Oh yeah, yeah, sign us up. It's a short list. They don't even have the Oregon Georgia game. Since, well, and it's since, like to bring it to bring it to the sixteen team playoff. Like in the end. Again, I'm guilty. I'm going to watch no matter what. You of put course. more football on, I'm going to watch more football. But we're talking about week one coming into week one, and we're all excited that football's back. But kind of when you look at the slate, you're like, eh, I think Florida Utah is the most interesting game. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, you got the, the games that are the games that would move the needle for ESPN this week. Cincinnati at Arkansas, they can they can promote that. They can yeah. obviously promote Utah Florida, no question. Uh, they could get like I but said. Like, my the, point is. Look at it. In, Florida State historically, LSU. Historically, if I would have told you, like, let's say, you know, 10 years ago, I tell you Notre Dame is playing Ohio State week one at the horseshoe. You sit there and you go, man, that's got to be a great game. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, both teams are in the top five. Man, that's an awesome game. And they're not playing at one of these stupid NFL stadiums. They're playing it on campus. So you get to see, like, all the atmosphere and everything. Yeah. Here's what also I'm going to tell you. The spread's 17. Yeah. It's the problem with the 16-team playoff. If one plays 16, two plays 15, the thing I liked about the 12-team playoff is you avoided those like bloodbath games. I don't even think the playoff is for the actual playoff. It's simply trying to make the regular season more relevant on a national scale to more teams. That's it. 
It makes I, it. I, I, it's, I, it's, I think it's literally it's it's another week of games. Well, is that for sure? It, but I guess my point is the competitive level of one versus sixteen really doesn't matter to anybody. People might dial in more to the American game if that if if that's going to mean a playoff spot. Maybe. Well, I, I don't and know. also, I don't even believe that's altruistic. I believe that is to try and to try and avoid antitrust lawsuits. Well, oh, I don't think anything is altruistic in this. Zero. Or in anything. They don't care about anybody. No. no. They, they, they care about making money. They do, yes. Which I don't think is a sin, for the record, but... Thank you. Like, in the end, like... Inevitably, when something becomes so big, it gets turned over and it becomes some type of corporate entity. When it becomes more corporate, a sport like college football that's always kind of been, you know, regional and been, you know, more underground, if you will, when it becomes more corporate, like, okay, you know, just accept that it's changing. Tevin makes a good point in the thread. He says the 14 playoff is also has plenty of blowouts. It really has. I mean, that's the, oh, yeah, no, the, 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 the that's 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 my point is yeah. that the top end of college football and it's getting worse, by the way. It is. The, well, the top end of college football is separating from the rest of college football. Like, well, if I, if I, I, if, like if I offer you if I offer you Alabama, Georgia and Ohio State versus the pool, you don't even think about the pool. Oh, well, I mean, that was the question this week. If you got a. If you have to stake out who you think the fourth team is this year, do you have an answer? I mean, you I have mean, you have I options. Think you say Clemson, but at the same time, they have the same problem they had last year. Their defense was awesome last year. DJ Uyangale, I I don't think DJ Uyangale can't throw because he was overweight last year. I think he can't throw because he's not an accurate thrower. You know, every time I do the exercise with who's going to be number four, I always finish it in my mind by going, "It doesn't matter. They're going to get killed. Whoever it is is going to get killed." I mean, Alabama yeah, or Ohio State's going to smoke get them. Killed is when if number four was like Ohio State or Alabama, they tripped up somewhere, they lost a the game they shouldn't have, and they kind of had to claw their way back in. Sure. And then the team that's got three is going to get killed. I mean, so whoever that is is going to get killed. I mean, I, I just look at it and go, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, does it doesn't really matter if it's Clemson or Utah or Oklahoma or whatever. They're just going to get smoked. And and I don't want it to be that way, but it kind of is. And so, I mean, I do kind of wonder if you go to 16, more teams can realistically make the tournament. Does that make those teams more effective on the recruiting trail? And I don't know the answer to that. How are we feeling about picks? Let's get to them. Um, first, congratulations on your victory last year. I, I conceded humbly. I didn't see the results in the uh, on the content page. No. We don't live in the past. Uh, we, we, we we I did post them on the message board last year. They are you a history major? I I do have a degree in history. Aren't you supposed to document history? I, I did. I documented some history. There was uh-huh. there was history. Or your Felder repeated if you don't recognize it. Both. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Enjoy invading Russia in the winter. <laughs> uh, this right. time it'll be different. How long do we have here? Yeah, how long? We, we don't, you're, you're up at you're, you're, you're on, on the air in 25 minutes. 15 minutes. 15 okay. minutes. All right. We got uh, we got Ball State at Tennessee tonight. Louisiana Tech at Missouri. Either one of those do anything for you? Uh, other than the spread, absolutely not. I do. I think all of us kind of like Louisiana Tech and the points here, um, which is scary. It is kind of frightening. It means put your money on the on the Tigers. Well, I asked like a legitimate question. Does Kansas State count as a look-ahead game? So Missouri has Kansas State next week. Like, it's at K-State. For Missouri, it does, because it's back to the point. Missouri's goal is six wins. 
Correct. Just so, get bowl eligible. Well, then you better get this one. Yes, what I mean. You got to get both of them. You better get Tech. But my point is, because Neil's protecting up, Vanderbilt to beat Missouri. Let's, let's say they get up, you know, twenty. Let's say they get up twenty-four. Are they keeping everybody in? Because on the other end, you got Louisiana Tech with a new coach, and I presume Sonny Cumbie's going to play hard till the echo of the whistle, till the clock strikes zero, zero, zero. Yes, sir. So that leaves the back door open. Now, the other flip side of it is, we've also seen this scenario in college football with the new coach. He comes in with a roster he didn't really create, and there isn't a ton of buy-in. I'm just going to tell you guys, when Vanderbilt wins an SEC game, the, the, the Monday after is going to be an obnoxious show. Um, <laughs> it is it, it, prepare, prepare thyselves. It is going to be. I'm. I'm. It is going to be obnoxious. If I have a black and gold stitch of clothing, it's going to be on. I. I, I might get a Vanderbilt. You turn your Iowa stuff inside out. I might. Yeah. I might get a Vanderbilt helmet emergency shipped to me or something. I, I will be. I will. They've got like ten versions. I'll. I'll be. I'll be obnoxious. You're just proud of the work. You're proud of the work that Barton has done putting that roster together. <laughs> I think it's Clark Lee's hairstyle, and I, I just feel an identity to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Feel some body I, I do. I, I, yeah, like, hey, I, I feel you, man. Um, or God, it's just good to see an NBA kid finally get a break. It really is. <laughs> Oregon and Georgia, two thirty on uh, on Saturday. The game's on ABC in Atlanta. This is to the point of the college football. There is no parity. Oregon's one of the favorites in the Pac-12, and they're a seventeen-point dog against Georgia. Does anybody want to take Bo Nix against Georgia again? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I, I just think George is super talented, and I, I think, I think the, the line is a trap to get people to take Oregon in the points, and I'm like, no, I'm going to pass. I'm just going to lay them. Yeah, no, this is – I'm in the big games with the big – like, if we had to pick Ohio State, Notre Dame, I would do the same thing. Yeah, like, let me, I just feel like it, they want you to take Oregon. I'm taking Georgia. Ginger makes a great point. Let me amend my comment, unless it's against Ole Miss, at which point I'm calling in sick Monday. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I took that to mean when Vandy plays Missouri. Yeah, that, that's not, what it meant. If, if, that, that's where I thought. Yeah, it was if, if it's Ole Miss, I, I got I got real problems that Monday. I, I already just let you know I have the flu. Who do you like out of the Pac-12? It's a trap, but I think I like USC. Do you? Did you see how much roster turnover? Like he was like he was like using the rules of new coach can basically like bring in as many players as he wants. Like that they have like 40 new guys. And I will admit this cuz I guess we can get into this game. How do we feel about great flow Kyle Whittingham? Because on the one hand, his wife's probably pretty happy because his hair looks great. It looks fantastic. It does. He looks like a TV star. But at the same time, that ain't Kyle Whittingham. Like, Kyle Whittingham is is crew cut, clean cut. We're going to be tough with grit. Like, that's Hollywood Whittingham. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just don't feel great about it. So you think as he's gotten a little more popular, won a few more games, he's lost himself a little bit with the... It's a tale as old as time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, we've seen this one before. <laughs> Next thing he's going to be, you know, tweeting at NASCAR drivers. <laughs> God. Well, Florida can ruin his day, too. I think you've actually, not to skip ahead, I mean, you think this is a game. And, I mean, Utah, in some ways, the prohibitive favorite in the Pac-12. And they might as well just, if, if, if Oregon and Utah both lose this weekend and it's even convincing, just go ahead and pack it up. It's over for that league already in week one. Well, you're only, you're literally turning to USC. And like you and need praying. USC to be yes. your only hope. And God help you all. Well, and then on top of that, like, okay, well, USC still has to go play Utah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Lincoln Riley always would lose a game where you're like, what the hell was he doing? Like, that would always happen. So, yeah, I mean, I I just feel like I feel like that's where we are in the Pac-12. But like, isn't it that would be like the ultimate college football's here. Week one, the Pac-12's dead. Yeah. Yeah, we're back, baby. You picked Florida to win this game, right? I did. I, I look at it this way. Florida obviously became a mess last year. But the the two things that I felt good about with Florida was I thought their offensive front was still good, and I thought their defensive front was good. And when you look at Utah last year, when they turned to Cam Rising, like they got functional on offense. But I don't buy into like he made them awesome. It really speaks more to Charlie Brewer. Shout out to coaches that tweet at NASCAR drivers. Um, it really spoke more to like how bad he was. And I still think Florida's got enough athletes. And one thing you can't simulate in my mind is, man, when you take these West Coast kids and you put them in heat and humidity, like watch them wilt. And you can't really simulate it in practice. No, there's no way to simulate in Salt Lake City, Utah, what Gainesville, Florida will feel like on a September night. There's, you, you can't make the air that thick. You just can't do Correct. it. Correct. And Utah, usually away from home, is is a different team. I think my issue with that game, and it's nothing against him personally because I have no idea, is I'm so tired of hearing about Anthony Richardson and potential NFL prospects that I don't like him as a quarterback, so I'm just pulling against Florida at this point. But that's that's the beauty of college football. <sighs> it's digging in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, speaking of digging in, um, couple. Of, I do want to t- touch a couple other games. What do you, What are your thoughts on Cincinnati plus six and a half at Arkansas? I low key love Arkansas. Uh, my pick. My pick is just like for them to cover. I mean, it's simple, gentlemen. I've been here 
since day one. Repeat after me. Sam Pittman covers. He does have a really good record against the spread. Go Hawks. Yeah, he has a really good record against the spread. He he covers games. Um, We haven't talked about this at all this week. You're up there in Memphis. We'll probably give this like a minute and a half of your show when you guys aren't talking about the 2027 Memphis Tigers recruiting class. Um, I picked up another big recruit this week. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, Memphis plus 16 in Startville. What do you think? So, are are y'all in the boat of – I feel like the 16 is begging you to take Memphis because yes. they beat them last year. And, you know, what? You're going to flip this spread that much? Okay, I'm just going to take Memphis. The problem is when you look at the money splits, nobody's taking the bait and everybody's on, everybody's on Mississippi State. So I rewatched that game last year from last year. I rewatched it yesterday. And the thing that stood out to me is. It was just a it was the ultimate like script for an underdog to upset a better team. Memphis gets a fumble return for a touchdown on the first drive of the game. You get the fumble or you get the you know the punt return where the official drops the beanbag, raises his hands, and then they let him run it back. Yeah. On top of that, like thing like everything just broke Memphis's way that day. And I dug more into the numbers. On 54.5% of Memphis's drives, they went three and out. And Memphis doesn't have Calvin Austin anymore. They don't have the game breaker. They don't have the guy that if you get him the ball, he can make a guy miss and it's touchdown. They're starting a redshirt freshman at left tackle. They've not gone to an environment like they're going to on Saturday it just screams to me, Miss, I'm going to take Mississippi State. And I could be entirely wrong. Like I acknowledge that. Leech teams start usually pretty slow. And it could be a trap. Like I know everyone can't get the Louisiana Tech game out of their mind from last year. But the other issue that I have with Memphis is they're secondary. There's a lot of oars in the secondary. And they've got two new coordinators. I don't think they're going to move the ball a ton. So if I just think that Mississippi State can get to the 30s, like I think they can cover. So in in this scenario, I like Mississippi State. Where do you fall on Carolina as a team this season? Interesting. Like to me, the the other aspect of college football that we're talking about this year, I think the race for three, and I know Neil and I have talked about it when he came on my show, I think the race for three is the most interesting race in the SEC. Like who who gets that Sugar Bowl bid? Or, I do too. You know, to me, like that – that's where it, it becomes you know, fascinating because Carolina, the thought is, and I'm not a Spencer Rattler guy, but the thought is if you put him in more structure, he's a better player. Like he actually isn't a good freelance guy. He is because, you know, he's been essentially coached from like, you know, fifth grade when he has like a, a one, two, three and make decisions, that's when he's at his best. And South Carolina is doing that to him. They've also done very well in the portal. Like I, I'm just fascinated. Like them, Kentucky, Tennessee. Like here's my all, thing with Carolina. Interesting to me. Here's my thing with Carolina. Yes, they're going to be better. They're going to be better. No question. But last season, they didn't just lose games when they lost. They got 
smoked when they lost. I mean, they, 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 Clemson beat them by 30. They lost to Missouri. A&M beat them by 30. They beat Vanderbilt by one point. Mm-hmm. One point. They beat Troy by nine, but it was, by the way, Shane Beamer, he's also uh, on the coaches that cover. I don't know if his team's good enough, but every time he gets the ball back, he goes and tries. He does, that's for sure. Uh, they, they lost to Tennessee by 25. Then they lost to Kentucky by six. Uh, they lost to uh, Georgia by 27. They only beat East Carolina by three. They whipped Eastern Illinois. I mean, I just think I, th- I think we're, we're taking the Mayo Bowl over UNC and taking it too far. That's, that's uh, all. I, I, I think they're going to be a good that. team. I understand I just, that. I guess my counter to that would be it's not just that, you know, you don't even have to think Spencer Rattler is great, but do you think Spencer Rattler was better than a guy that had a whistle on his neck in August? Well, of course. Sure. Like, you know, they, it's Spencer Rattler is an upgrade over their fourth quarterback coming into the, you know, coming into the season. But I, I do agree that they, them in Kentucky feel like a little too much hype right now. I mean, Carolina's thing is even if they cut those losses down from 30 to 10, they still lose them. Like, are they good enough to actually beat the teams that smoked them last season? I mean, I still think you're talking about a successful season that's six, seven wins. And we go, yeah, good, 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 good job. No problem. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's not, it's not nine and three that we're going for here. I know you got to go last thing, Florida State, LSU. What do we got on Brian Kelly on I'm, Sunday night? I'm springing the trap. Uh, I, I know LSU's like the squarest pick, but yep. I, like to me, I thought this was interesting. In Brian Kelly's last 40 games as a favorite, he's 40-0, and 0, but he's also 26-14 and 14 against the spread. And I, the way that I view it is, this is like the UCLA game last year. I told myself all, like all summer I was taking UCLA, and of course, what do I do right, right before the game starts? I took LSU, because in my mind, I was like, if LSU just lines up and is just better than them, and I picked UCLA to be cute. I, you know what I mean. Like I was going to be way more upset with myself if I took UCLA. Same situation here. If LSU lines up and gets beat by Florida State, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. But if LSU shows up, if LSU shows up and just kind of bullies them and mushes them, and I'm on Florida State, I'm going to be I'm going to be more angry with myself than had I been in the on the other side. Yeah, this isn't one of the games that I I really like. I love I, I love LSU minus three and a half. I'm 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 totally cool. If, if I lose that game, I'm good with it. That just means LSU is is back to being LSU. I just anticipate they're going to be at least yeah. And better admittedly, there's to, a little emotional hedge in there because watching LSU meltdowns are one of my favorite things on the planet. Yeah. So if I get that, so be it. I just don't think you're, they're going to be. They went into Pasadena last year with the coach yelling in the, into the crowd. This th- this coach will be focused. Your sissy blue shirt. Your sissy blue shirt. That was the be- one of the pieces of the beginning of the end. That's but anyway. Hey, hey but well, we- he showed. Hey, he showed growth. He didn't call them the p word. It's true. It's true. Yes, he's misunderstood. Yes. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you. All right, boys. That was Jeffrey Wright, ninety-two-nine ESPN in Memphis. He will join us every Thursday morning throughout the football season, which I think is cool. The other main things from the Ross Dellinger report yesterday, uh, they nixed the multiple transfers. They apparently are going to knock those out. Um, for now. For, for now. I think 
I've had some people say, just wait till they start filing the waivers again. And they're just going to blanket them? Just so much pressure at the NCAA to be player-friendly. They're eliminating the postseason bans, for example. I mean, everything is just... I think it's too much. I'm, they've just gone stupid. They, they've just gone soft. I mean, you can't... But if you do anything, and not to defend the NCAA, because I don't want to be that guy, but if you do anything punitive these days, you're mean. You're mean. Or, and this is the big one, you're racist. And once you start opening the door for some, you're opening the door for everyone. You just what have you're no doing choice. is allowing a lawless society at this point. It's just here, have at it. I don't know. Are you keeping up with the news? I'm aware. Doesn't mean it's going to be a long-term strategy that's going to work, though. Well, I didn't say that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not fighting you here. We're not, I mean, the we're, tube, we're not arguing. I'm no, just telling you. The tube, I mean, like, at some point, it just sprawled out all over the kitchen counter. It's still not the win here that, at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's, it's accelerating the demise is what it's doing. And making it harder on whoever the next governing body is, even if it's just the leagues themselves, to go, God, dude, what are we doing? Yes. We have to pull this back. There's, well, I, that's, a, that, that's a society thing right now. Because, like, I understand the, I get it, hey, all the coaches make a ton of money. I get it, I get it, I get it. They, they're paid to deal with the crap. But when you get to the point where they literally can't keep rosters together mm -hmm. and you're recruiting every player on your own team, every, like, again, to Kiffin's thing, the NFL, yeah. the reason it works is there are periods and contracts and there are times when that happens. Yes. You don't have just unlimited freedom of movement. That's and, not and you, the way it works. And you will get in trouble, as the NFL has proven, for yes. tampering. Yes. If a guy's going to be a free agent at the end of the season, you can't call him up in week three and go, "Hey, what do you what do you think about Green Bay?" Yeah. So like that's the point is, it's again again nothing toward Kiffin, but it's not professional sports. There are no rules that make it professional sports. Well, it's where Lane's argument has oh, a, it, it has a hole in it. Yeah. Professional sports have arbitration, um, unions. Professional sports have free agency, contracts, stuff. There's just stuff. There's waiver wires. There, it, it is it is professional football, but it's not. And asking Lane to stand up there for an hour and a half and break that down every week would not be yeah, fair. I'm not, yeah, we're not blaming. So Lane. when he says when he says it's professional football, voting. yeah, and I'm, and and in in general, in the specific thing he's talking about, he's right. But it, but the problem with making college football pro football is that, well, problem one, and hell, Chase, this might get eliminated quickly, is in pro football, if I get drafted by pick a team. The Bengals. Awesome. I get drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. They own my rights unless they cut me. They do. So I make the 53-man roster, and I sign a contract. You do. That contract has terms in it. Yes. I have terms that I have to fulfill. And so do they. And the Bengals have terms that they have to fulfill. So let's say we sign a four-year contract. In four years, the Bengals can either extend me to a contract that I agree to, or I can become a free agent. And I can go free agent, and the Eagles come and offer me more money, and I sign with the Eagles to a contract. The problem you have in college football, and that contract, by the way, is has to get approved through attorneys, through the Players Association, through the team, the team's attorneys, the contract has stuff in it. I've got a represent. I've got a, in all likelihood an agent, 
who's handling these things for me. It's sure. you don't have all this in college football. You just have nuts. It's just nuts. It's where we're going. I mean, I can't even do some of the behind the scenes stuff that I've already encountered. Just me, little old me covering Ole Miss. You're aware of what I'm talking about right now. I just can't go. I'm not ever going to do that. It's already happening. Hey, I mean, he probably doesn't care. He might even said it publicly. Somebody in our network who we like called a recruit this week for one of those boilerplate two-minute, hey, how's your mama liking the school, blah, blah, he committed, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a nothing story. It is literally a story that people write just to put on the message board they wrote it. And fans don't go, why didn't you talk to Jimmy? And you go, I talked to Jimmy. Jimmy said this. Yeah. Felt like home. Three minutes. The kid wanted a hundred bucks. Yes. And said he would not do the commitment story without a hundred dollars. Yes. The lack of understanding to what NIL is in any capacity at this point. Chase, there was a sto- kid here on this football team. Yeah. And people will probably be able to guess it. I'm not going to confirm it, so don't ask. I'm kind of like Nick Saban. Stop asking. Sure. Who let his 15 minutes of fame get away from him because he was so intent on getting a big cash payment for it. Yes. Turning it into something that it wasn't. Did you see the most recent move in that, by the way? I did. We'll talk about it later. <sighs> That's where we are, though. That, you know, like There are recruits out there that they won't talk. And the issue they is won't you have people that go, okay, paid. which is the problem. At that point, you become enabled, and yeah, it, it does the whole thing. Where everybody goes, hey, screw you. Come on. No. There's people in our network that pay the players just to talk for interviews. They pay them. At least with our deals, we're going through businesses. They're sponsored by businesses. The businesses are paying the player. But there are sites in our network, in the Rivals network, where I guess most of them have moved on to On3 by now, that are in the end, well, they are. I, mean, been, I, I like some of them. Like Gamecock Central, those are some of my yeah, no, no, favorite yeah. people in the business. They've yeah. gone to on three. They're kicking ass. But they have their own NIL deal. The Barnet Trust. Yeah, that runs mm-hmm. stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how you – I've asked Chris this. It's, it's actually a comment. I'd like to get him on and talk about it. I don't care. Rivals, they don't get that mad if I get Chris on. We're, we've been friends for a long time. How do you navigate around – the uh, conflict of interest. If you have a deal with an NI, if you have an NIL deal with a player, and the player gets in trouble, do you just kill the deal? Do you do you cover the story? What do you do? I mean, there's there's so much there that we, we just it's brand new and we're not there yet. You don't lie about what happened on the message board. That's no, not the thing you do. I know people who do. I, 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 <clears throat> apropos of nothing, that's not what you do. No, I don't say that if something happened at a bowling alley that it was a car accident. Yes, I don't. And we didn't. No. In fact, I said, hey, I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, sure. It's it's all a big spiral. It's all this stuff. It's what we've been talking about for months. We hit on with Jeffrey, what I got all up in air about several months ago. When you start taking it away from when, – when fans get disgruntled about 47 different reasons why the sport is different, it's no longer fun, and it's no longer pageantry, and it's no longer those type of things, you're screwed. So do you At think, the end of the day, that's the sport. Do you think it goes there and then comes back? I mean, probably. Things find a way to 
survive. I mean, it might look differently in some way, but sure. so what? So what you're saying? Let's 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 make it home. Yeah, sure. Because if if you ask a hundred people in the country, hey, Ole Miss football, what comes to mind? The Grove, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin. But it's the Grove. It's the sure. It's this the when people talk about hey, like North Carolina, for example. Let's say North Carolina joined the SEC. And on their first year schedule was at Ole Miss, October the whatever. Their fans would be like, "Oh, cool! I've always wanted to do the Grove. Yeah. I'm going to go do the Grove." Yeah. Grove so, party school. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah, the, yeah. The, fest, the pageantry and oh, the chandeliers yeah, yeah. and oh, and then yeah, we'll go yeah. to the stadium and we'll, yeah, and then yeah, that's what they think about, and, that, and that's cool. I mean, I mean, this is a total compliment. How does that become lessened by this, or does it? It's not other schools. It's your school. It's not showing up to the park feeling like you've got a chance to win. It's not showing up. It's looking at your schedule and going, mm, 10 teams we play this year are buying NIL guys we can't get. Oh. Why do I care? It's not fair. Again, quiet part out loud. Right. Georgia has a number one recruiting glass. Okay. Yeah, they're winning a lot of games. Ha ha. We got to get better. Well, in the past, you could go, yeah, those cheaters. Yeah, it's legal now. Yeah, cheaters. Well, here's the deal, too. Look, Ole Miss has been harmed by this. Ole Miss is a national program in the SEC that just went to the Sugar Bowl and has one of the five most profile coaches in the country. Yes. Everything about Ole Miss screams top-level SEC school. That, And if Kiffin finds a way to eight, nine, ten wins this year, it just even – I mean, it's it's freaking exponential at that point. On sure. How you're viewed nationally. Yes. It's very hard for Ole Miss to sign a top 100 recruit. And out of high school. It's almost impossible. And that's never been the case. Even in the old system, look at Hugh Freeze. Credit to him. He pick he picked out guys that there were connections or ties or people where you went, hey, if we really pull resources in these directions, we have a shot at one or more of these kids. He was fairly efficient on knowing, hey, that guy's out. Nope, don't worry about it. Go to this guy. That no longer now it's about, hey, what's the NIL program? What's the deal? What's the whatever? It doesn't necessarily matter that Anthony Standifer is Laquan Treadwell's high school teammate. Those type of things aren't playing out no. the same way. Anymore. He was asked this week, someone asked him about free transfers, and they meant that you can transfer as many times as you want. Lane goes, they're free? I don't know. They're, oh, that's funny. And I laughed out loud. That's I mean, funny. That was one of those, I laughed, and he looked at me like, oh, you got the joke. Um, that was funny. And they're not free. In fact, the one of the reasons that I think you're seeing Ole Miss doing more high school stuff this year is because the portal's gotten more expensive. Price for Ole Miss's seventeen portal guys next season? Inflation. Yeah. Again, everything goes up except a rival subscription. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear it's like three times more. It's already in one year gone up. Well, again, Ole Miss is ahead of a lot of schools. Ole Miss sitting on the bottom rung here. Ahead of Auburn. I mean, this is this like is people, not just people, an Ole Miss Mississippi State kind of deal. People do this this conversation about, and Jay said this yesterday on G Pits, and he's exactly right. Like, if you're hiring an AD today, you're hiring a head coach today, yeah, sure, you want to know what you did back in 2012 when you were coaching at wherever. But the more compelling question is, got a question here. How have you changed what you do since summer of 2021 when the rules changed? Okay, sure. When the game changed? Sure. You're hiring an AD? I want to know what you know about NIL. What, how do you manage it? What do you do? Are you scared of it? Because if you're scared of it, you got to go. We're, we're just not interested. Mm-hmm. I got to know that you're ready to embrace it because it's it's here. I need a coach who. I mean, it's, it's 
to me, frankly, it's the thing that Kiffin learned the most from Nick Saban is the ability to adapt quickly on the fly. Now, maybe he already always had that, but that's if you talk to people who study what Saban's done at Alabama, they will tell you that the one thing that he has done better than anything else is adapt in real time. Sure. Quickly. And Lane's done that. But, you know, I mean, the, it's it's a totally different environment than it was. And, and who knows where it's going because it, it's not slowing down. I mean, you you now, when you see a young player on your roster begin to emerge, you can't go, hey, this is great. You can say this is great. And the second part of the conversation is going to be, how do we lock this guy up? Like you need Alex Anthopoulos to go, okay, you know what? Let's pay a little more now to keep him here later. Yeah. But we can't – so you're you're constantly searching for funds because, I mean, a kid blows up, and all of a sudden, you know his mama's getting calls. High school coach is getting calls. We did the little thing about the banana pudding yesterday. I'm not going to repeat it. But they're getting calls. So you're having to, at all times now, inside one of these organizations, have have to have somebody who's going, okay, what's what's his – how is his value changing? That's a lot. There's too much public sausage being made. Fans don't care about that. It disrupts things from fans. It makes them a little more sick at their stomach when they sit down at the table. Just feed me the pretty plate. Just stop. Yeah, see, I don't want to hear this. You know more people than I do, so yeah. I'm curious. Like, it, it doesn't – again, it's, I'm not even really talking about Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss is high enough on the pecking order that they'll figure it out. Lane will figure it out. I think most people in the Ole Miss fan base goes – yeah, look, we'd love to have A&M or Alabama or Georgia's money, but sure, whatever. We'll, it'll right. be all right. We'll get a quarterback. I mean, it's kind of like the quarterback competition right now. All this stuff's going on about Altmaier versus Dart, and most fans I know go, eh, Lane's the coach. I don't know. They'll put somebody out there, and he'll score points. But in a sane world, uh, Jaden Rashada's committed to Ole Miss right now. Sure. and y- Yes, absolutely. Instead, he got $9.5 million to go to Miami. It's not a sane world. Miami. And Miami's the I – mean, yeah, and they're the real world. This is not. This is. This is a the program world. that has had much less success than Ole Miss in the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's kind of the point. Is there is a Ole Miss has gone to two Sugar Bowls in the last six years. They've yes. played in three access three, three bowls. Access I mean, you know, they Houston Nutt had success at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze had success at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin has now had success at Ole Miss. It's been proven that you can win at Ole Miss. Yeah, there is something to – and again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not defending players not getting paid. That's not my point. I'm saying when there's a price tag on a player publicly, it changes the perception of the sport in that player. I believe that 100%. I think it's my one biggest tenant that I am 100% behind as we go into this era and as we do this. It changes the fandom for college football fans in all ways. I mean, even, it, now it makes it more interesting for the outsider, for the observer. They're like, oh, this is – this is crazy. This is whatever. I mean, it's the reason that Talty and Feinbaum are writing a book about Jimbo and Nick and all that kind of stuff. The outsider sure. goes, oh, well, hell, how does this work? Whatever. I mean, sure. this is this complicated monster. But when you're inside and you're just a fan of a team, you want hope. You want hope. You want sure. pageantry. Sure. You, want, you want comfort. There's nothing comfortable about this. There's nothing comfortable at all about this. And now things change, things adapt. Maybe it all figures out. I'm not – Again, this is not the end of college football necessarily. Early at all, not even necessarily. No, because I think the ratings are going to be higher yeah, this year than they've they ever are. been. It's 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 kind of the opposite of baseball. 
baseball thrives off regional appeal. Mm-hmm. College football is becoming national appeal with some regional headaches. It's going the exact oh. opposite right now. Yeah. It's you're standing inside the conference is frustrating. I mean, look, Ole Miss fans got frustrated last year because Kentucky, of all people, was outspending them in recruiting. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Kentucky got really aggressive last year in the in, in in the portal and with high school kids with NIL. Kentucky. Probably one of the reasons that Calipari was a little whatever and there was money going over there. I mean, yeah. they were in. Yeah, no, they're they're in now. I mean, frankly, they got obnoxious. They're in now. Yeah. That's why I think if a team's ever busted, it's Kentucky. See, I don't think anybody's ever and getting busted. Maybe not. I would say if. But, yeah. But I look at it now, and back then everybody was going, it's obnoxious. And I look at it now and go, yeah, what they, what they do? They didn't do anything. Nothing's going to happen. It's one of the reasons I don't understand why Jimbo makes a big deal out of it. If I were Jimbo, I'd be like, yeah, we paid them all, every last one of them. And we'll pay the next ones, too. Yeah, you'd be marketing better, frankly. He's we, a crap marketer. We pay better. Yep. We did. Well, again, yeah, I'm not – again, it's not blaming Kentucky. It's not blaming a oh, It's not blaming sure. anybody. I, I realize I mean, that. It's the same thing in the baseball thing. We're not blaming Tim Corbin. It also doesn't mean that Alabama shows up at the yard and goes, yeah, we do the same thing they do. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, no, Corbin is is the baseball Jimbo Fisher. And yeah. he, but and he kind of tries to dance around oh, God, it instead, of, well, instead yeah. of just going, yeah, you know what? But I have not broken a single rule. Mm. I haven't done anything wrong. You could come investigate this, and nothing would happen. Show up. Tell me what two days you want. We'll just roll through it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything wrong. You can say that, oh, we took advantage of some loopholes. Okay, well, so what? People do loopholes all the damn time. Do you watch tax code? Yeah, sure. If I were Jimbo, but we didn't break a single NCAA rule, and we didn't break a single state of Texas rule. Kiss my ring. And we're going to go kick people's asses now. And until you, y'all can either do it or they can change the rules. Yeah. And if they change the rules, then we'll figure it out. But right now, we'll pay anybody whatever we think we need to pay them to get them to come to College Station and play the best stadium in America. Yeah. Market value is what we decide market value is. I mean, to to a kid, they go. I mean, a big Jimmy Five Star. <laughs> hey, Dad, I think we're going to take that trip to College Station. Got to see what they're offering. At the, at the very minimum, they're going to set your price higher somewhere else. I mean, if you become a free agent, right? If, I mean, I, it looks like Dansby Swanson's going to re-up with the Braves. But let's just use him and say he becomes a free agent. Well, you probably want to go see the Dodgers. Because yeah. even if you don't want to play in L.A., maybe they'll give you a price tag. Maybe they'll give you something that you can use as a springboard to get something else somewhere else. Yeah, it's why I, I'm not as far down that road with Jeffrey. I don't think the playoff is actually hurting the regular season that much because of these expectations with inside teams and – yeah, I mean, we covered this for a long time. Other than Freeze's run and Lane now, I've covered a lot of Ole Miss football seasons where you talk to fans and they go, hey, just get to 7-5. and five. Nashville will be really good right now. We can do that. We can build off that. And the energy, it's not the same level. I understand that. I get there's a hype on a national game like A&M last year, Alabama in 14, or that kind of thing. Sure. But, I mean, you get pretty juiced when you go play, when 6-4 when and four Ole Miss is playing 6-4 and four Arkansas. In Oxford, fan base gets pretty pretty juiced for that. I mean, it will. They, hey, that, it's a big freaking game inside their ecosystem. Sure. Well, go back. And that's to, what matters. You need every program to still have their believable ecosystem. Go back to last year. If there was a 16 team playoff, yeah. Look at the Arkansas Ole Miss game. Those two teams kind of mirrored each other a yeah, lot. Sure. They both had gotten off to hot starts, they'd both gotten popped the week before. Uh, Auburn went, I'm not Auburn, Arkansas went to Georgia and got just whipped. Ole Miss went to Tuscaloosa with kind of 
talking some big stuff and got humbled, right? That next week they come play each other, and if there's a 16-team playoff, and most people are looking at those two teams going, you know what, these two teams might be pretty good. These two teams might be in that 13 to 16 range when it's over. This is a big game. Instead, it was just uh, the sleepy 11 o'clock morning game. Turned into a shootout, and everybody talked about it, but nobody was hyping that game that week. The next week, Tennessee. Hey, Ole Miss is that team now. Oh, yeah, sure. Lane going back. It's not just Lane going back and cute. It's, hey, Ole Miss wins, and they're oh, they're, the they're going to play A&M, and that's a hell of a well, game. Well, and then the A&M time. game last year, we've talked about this in a 16-team playoff. The winner of that game is going to the playoffs. That was a huge game. Frankly, would have made it bigger than it was because as it was, it wasn't very big. You knew Alabama was winning the West. You knew it would take miracles. You're like, eh, this is a big, it's a big game. It's, it's a beautiful day. And Lane Kiffin is the guest host, is the guest picker on, on um, game, game day. day. And the Grove looks resplendent and all of that. And it was great. It was great for Ole Miss people. It was great. And I'm sure people around the country looked at it and went, man, I'm going to go party there one day. And that's great. But from a what did the game mean in a national cha- national pursuit of a national title, not much. And I guess that's my point, is what you're saying has never really mattered before. And so that's Who what cares I, and so that's why, until now. That's why I'm asking is what's really changing. Yeah, I don't – because we see that all the time. I mean, so in, really, in a 14-team playoff, only like two games matter anyway. So, no, it's just a cool big game. That's how we spend our Saturdays. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, tonight we're going to watch. I mean, you know, we're we're going to watch Pittsburgh. Had Auburn just stayed in bounds, though. Ole Miss would have actually tied for the West last year and won a ring. Would they have hung a banner? Yes, you hang the damn banner. I'm yeah. actually. I, I get the making fun of, but no, you hang the banner. Yeah, you hang the banner. You, you won. It's yours. The SEC says that you a get a trophy and b that it's only for seating purposes. Now, look, do I get that it's not like going to Atlanta? Yes, I sure. Compare, but you ask Houston Nutt, hey, how many times did you win the West? Three. Yeah, that's what sure. he would say. Sure, I get they only went to Atlanta twice at Arkansas. He'd say three. Yeah, no, I, you. And he's technically right. Yeah, I, whatever. I, no, I, again, not the same thing. Don't celebrate it. Don't like go around with a parade or anything. But you put it on the banner. Yeah, you did it. Would have given him a real opportunity with the egg trophy to like put the egg trophy down and go put the egg trophy up and go. We play for these. You can't lose to Alabama and win the West. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand my point. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Mississippi State game would have been really big because Ole Miss would have been not just playing to get into the Sugar Bowl, which was big, but they would have been playing to get into the Sugar Bowl or, or get into the playoff. A win over State would have ensured a playoff spot. I don't know why – again, I don't know why we're doing this. I'm stopping in 10 <laughs> seconds. Okay. But do you know how frustrated Lane – had Auburn beat won the Alabama game – how close Ole Miss would have been literally to winning the West outright simply if Corral doesn't get hurt at Auburn. Yeah. Like, yeah. that would have become almost a stabled game, this almost kind of like we are. I mean, it's like, can you, that, 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 that's all well, it was. What would have driven Lane crazy about that is he would have looked back on that Tennessee game and said, this is why I didn't want to run the quarterback 33 times. Yeah. I, 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 you I were setting this up. We, we, you, you, you keep poking the snake, it will eventually bite you. Yeah. Yeah, he's made of flesh and bone and ligaments. and Yeah. At some point, running into linebackers is not the smartest move for the day. Yeah, and so, you know, that's that's what he would have thought. But, yeah, sure. I mean, 
But that's kind of my point, to your point. I mean, a program that's been as close as Ole Miss has been now for a while, with the exception of the probation stuff, they should be able to recruit at probably a little higher level than they're recruiting right now, and it has nothing to do with effort. They're recruiting their asses off. It's just money. And I can't blame the kids. I don't blame the kid that goes, you know, I could go to school X and get 20000 or I could go to school Y and get $2 million. Sure. I'm taking the million. Yeah, whatever. I don't blame you. I mean, no. Uh, a couple quick things as we close today. We're back tonight, so we'll hit anything that we missed or whatever. We got plenty of time with you and Taylor's Arger tonight. Uh, are you interested in this McEnroe documentary coming out? That's kind of your era a little bit. Yeah. Did a John McEnroe documentary take yeah. your time? Yes. It would? Because tennis was fun back then. John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg and Ivan Lindell and Jimmy Connors and Vetus Garolitis and Start streaming September second. So. Roscoe Tanner, I think, was his oh. name. Oh, I watched Matt's v- Matt's Vlander. Yeah, sure. I watched all that stuff. Yeah, really? sure. What's wrong with Larusa? He's old. Yeah, but he had tests. Have you seen this? No. Uh, White Sox manager Tony Larusa will return home to Arizona for medical testing and be away from Chicago's bench indefinitely. Miguel Cairo will serve as acting manager for the White Sox. Cairo said there was no specific medical event that prompted Larusa's absence. Quote. He just got news from his doctor, and it was best for him to relax, be calm, and take the test. Well, he didn't look good. Yeah, interesting. Lately. The, way, the way Cairo's quote read, I thought, hmm, that's that, kind that, of strange. They've had a disappointing season. The game has just changed on him. And I oh, just, God, yeah. You know, and I just don't – the way he wants to deal with players doesn't work today. I mean, I'm pulling up their record as we speak. Um they were a team that had World Series aspirations going into the year. Orioles only two games out of the playoff race. I really would like for them to make it just for the fun of the Orioles being in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. White Sox are uh, 64 and 66, five games behind Cleveland in the Central. And in the wild card, they are um, six and a half out. So at this point, probably not headed to the postseason. Yeah, Baltimore's right there. Yeah, sixty-eight and sixty-one. The Orioles, two games back of a playoff spot. How cool would that be? This is maybe something if we need a minute tonight. I don't know if we will. We can even push it to next week because the NFL season's a week away. But I do want to go over this story uh, in the AFC North. All the athletic writers pick their division winners. Mm-hmm. The uh, in the North, they have twenty-two of them pick the Bengals. Twenty of them pick the Ravens. Oh, so tight division there in the. Uh, in the AFC North. The other spoiler I will give you as we finish up is um, disappointing news out of the NFC South. All 43 picked the Buccaneers to win the NFC South. No one took a shot on the Saints in the in the South. It's a lot of belief in Tom Brady right there, bud. That is it's just, it's just a lot. And Brady looks like he's had facial surgery. Is that kind of what people are saying? Is that what, I, they look a little weird, didn't he? Look different. Yeah, I thought that whole thing was interesting. So Anyway. Yeah, there's rumors that he and um, – Giselle. Giselle are kind of really? on the rocks. Really? That the, the, the trip was about trying to salvage the – this is what I hear from – From from us the, weekly? Where did you get fe- that? The females in my life. Okay. Was that in People or Star or I'm, something? I'm, I'm unaware of the, the source of this information, but that the, the getaway, when he got away from the team, the getaway was to try to rekindle the spark. Oh, you get all the news here. That'll be a good lead-in to Handrace, guys. Tonight, Taylor Zarzer, again, full day on the MPW Digital Network. You can uh, hang out there on YouTube and uh, take in more content as the day goes on. So, have Taylor tonight. have two SEC football games. 
Tennessee and Missouri kicking off their season. So thanks to Jeffrey as always. Again, you'll get him every Thursday morning during the college football season. Take care. We'll talk to you again tonight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.